I'm shining light in the dark place of human trafficking and most particularly child rape. Uh, American listeners, we're looking at a $150 billion illegal industry and it's getting ready to surpass the revenue made from drug trafficking. Uh, we're talking about children who are stolen. They're four, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years old. We're talking about teenage girls who get duped into human trafficking. And sometimes it's not even just like being stolen off the street. Sometimes they groom these girls for months and months to trust the pimp or the people who will steal the kids and then sell them to the pimp. Uh, but we are talking about an industry that abuses um, young women, boys, you know, young men and young women. And, and I think the main thing here is to know that sometimes it's not just you know, a young 13 or 14 year old. There are adults, young women who get tricked into this. And so it is time to shine light in dark places. And my guest today is Dr. Marlene Carson. And boy, does she have a story to share. This is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong? Dr. Carson, I am blessed to have you with us today, and I know everybody who's tuned in right now, their first question on their mind is, how in the world did you get looped into human trafficking when you were just a teenager? Can you give yeah. us sort of a, a, a short rendition of what in the world happened? Absolutely so, and thank you for having me on the show today. So when I was a teenager, I was around 13 years old when a couple moved into our neighborhood and I explained it to people, um, I used the word grooming. To me, they groomed the neighborhood. They began to learn the parents, they got familiar with the school, they, they got familiar with um, whose parents were struggling, who were having um, domestic issues in their marriages and, and all that kind of thing. And they targeted four teenage girls. I was 13 when they moved into our area. By the time I turned 15, um, they had asked us to go on to a trip. We had been to many trips with this family. They were a married couple with no children. And we had been to many trips with this family. But when we looked back at it after the trafficking took place, we saw how the trips, first they asked us to go on a trip that was 30 minutes away from our house. Then the next trip was an hour and a half away from our house. Then the next trip was two and a half hours away from our house. And that kept escalating. The knowledge kept going further and further away until they asked us to go to New York City. And at 15 years old, um, four, they took four girls to New York City for the purpose of having fun on Labor Day weekend and going to see a Broadway show. And we were sold into prostitution. Oh, my gosh. Okay, mm -hmm. so... Oh, this, this, I, I don't know your story, so I'm gasping over here. Uh, so you I'm were sorry. So, yeah, I understand. Oh my gosh. So as a virgin girl raised in the church, 
we knew nothing. I personally, uh, none of us knew anything about a pimp, um, a tra- tra- the word trafficking wasn't even used back then. Right. But we knew nothing. And, and, and honestly, you know, our family, we were raised in the church. Um, my parents were very much involved in ministry. And we, I don't even think we watched rap videos on television if they had them. You know what wow. I mean? We just weren't exposed. That just was not our lifestyle. Right. So it's not like you were a wild and crazy teenager. Oh, no. Oh, no. They chose. And see, that's one of the myths. Mm-hmm. That is a myth. If, if people think that human trafficking victims are just these wild, drug-addicted young girls that are always runaways, that is absolutely a myth. And I think that's one of the myths that we need to dispel for the simple fact that real traffickers, they don't want someone that's drug addicted. They wow. don't. They want a product that you can sell to you. I mean, I hate to say this, but we know many men, and I won't call names, but we know many men who have been accused of purchasing women for the purpose of sex. Many sports players, many political figures, uh, many people that we voted for, things like that. Do you think they want someone that's a drug addict? Absolutely not. Right. So, okay, were your captors ever found out? Oh, absolutely. They were arrested. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but how many They had years? me for about eight months. They had you for eight months? They had me for months. eight months. And how many mm-hmm. times a day were they pimping you out? Well, I will tell you this. We all had a quota of about $2,000 to $2,500 per day. <gasps> and so you couldn't go home until you had that $2,000 to $2,500 per day. And, um, and that could be... If you went to a golf outing, that could be one person. That could be, you know, if you went to a, I I hate to do this, but the fact of the matter is I have been trafficked at golf golf tournaments, um, tennis tournaments, NBA games, NFL games, casinos. Oh, my gosh. The the guy who did this to me, his clients would pay two. $300 $300 to $500 per hour to have sex with a kid. So these are not your men. I was never on the street. Okay. I've actually been on the street one time in my entire life that I was put on punishment and was forced to go to the street. But this guy had a, a, a business. It was literally a business. And so, yeah, these men who bought sex were not the men that you would see riding up and down the street looking for a cheap thrill. Mm-hmm. These are not those men. And so let, let me go back to the, 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 your captors were eventually arrested. Ha, so Absolutely. They, okay, so they, they sold you and you, you were captured for eight months. But how soon did your captors um, get arrested? The people who stole you. Well, it took them you. eight months to get arrested. It took them eight months to get arrested. Okay. However, I think a greater question is, now, how much time do you think? I just told you that. They took us across state line. They had a minimum of four girls. Actually, by the time they got arrested, they had about 10 to 12 girls, about 14 girls and about 10 to 12 boys around the country. Oh. Oh my so, but how much time do you, for, for my story, for the, what they did to me, how much time would you think they would have received? Uh, well, you would think that they should get life in prison, but I'm going to take well, a you guess. Well, you would think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what it should be. Uh, let's see. So what did they get? Let me take a guess. They got, uh, what did they get? Like six months in prison? 
they were sentenced two to ten, two years to ten years, and they did seven and a half months. Seven but I'm going to tell you this. That same person was just convicted again a year and a half ago for almost doing the exact same thing to someone else. He had four teenage girls and two adult women. He took them from Ohio to Missouri, and he was arrested in Missouri. Now, this happened in 2016. How much time do you think he got this time? Well, I understand the laws are, are, are getting stricter and people are becoming more mm -hmm. aware. So I would hope mm -hmm. he got at least 10 years. What did he get? He was sentenced 25 years and he'll have to do 20.7 before he's eligible for parole. Thank God. So what's changing? Dr. Praise Carson? God. Yeah, praise God. Things what? are changing. Absolutely. Why, and why are they changing? They're changing because of the education awareness that's being, you know, that survivor voices are being heard. Mm -hmm. We are explaining how this is happening. I call this the antidote. If you want to abolish human trafficking, if you want to abolish or stop any epidemic or disease, you need an antidote. And I call some thrivers of human trafficking that antidote because I believe it is it's definitely of my conviction that we know this life from the inside out. Yeah. We didn't yeah. learn it from a book and I I had I have nothing against textbooks. So I have degrees myself. But the fact of the matter is we know what it looks like from afar off and we know how to stop it before it can start. Right. And this is why I think that um the the sentences are getting tougher. The other piece of that is, Terry, we're actually helping these teenage girls that are being exploited find their voice again and come out of the fear. So we walk them through prosecution. Before we transition there, I really want to flush your story out because it's such a beautiful story of not just surviving, but you are thriving. I mean, I just heard you say you got five degrees, you know, praise God. And so this didn't put you, you know, six feet under, this fueled you. So let me ask you this. So you were what, basically what, 16 then by the time? You I was 15. Fifteen when they stole you, and so when you were when you were rescued. Well, walk me through yes. that. Walk me through the rescue. Did you run away, or were you literally rescued no, no, no. by police? What happened? I was rescued by police, um, and and I really vaguely used that word rescue. Yeah. Um, there was a bust, and um, we were returned back home. But I'm going to tell you, as a virgin girl that that had that much trauma. This is why I use the word rescue very, very loosely because my body was out, but the trauma that happened to my mind was not out. Right. It took the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and really set my life free. Talking with a fellow believer, and I fully understand what you mean about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit healed you, washed you clean and, and, and you know, set you on the right path. So how many years did that take, doctor, before you <laughs> felt like, I mean, were you in your 20s? I mean, I would think you're scared to death as a teenager just to walk outside. Um, it took me about 30 years, and it's still a process. Right. Okay. All right. It's so, still a process. I bet it is. Yeah. Well, now, mm -hmm. okay, so moving over to the, to, the, to the happy news. So this didn't put you six feet under. You said, I'm going to do something about this. So one of, one of the, I guess one of the first things you did was you started Rahab's Hideaway. What, tell us a little bit I about did. that. Sure, Rahab's Hideaway. Of course, you know, Rahab was a prostitute in the Bible. 
and actually she hid people. <laughs> she hid the spies. Mm-hmm. In my case, I started rehab title way is a shelter for victims of human trafficking. We have five areas of service and those areas are housing, health, education, income, and justice. And so we do wraparound services where we literally take victims straight off the street, straight out of rehab and put them into a holistic program where they were able to um, be healed and made whole. Oh, that's so beautiful. Now, how many girls or young women uh, at any given moment are in Rahab's hideaway? It can be anywhere from 5 to 35. 5 to 35, okay. But right now, mm-hmm. so clearly you're the founder of that. Now you're a board member, but you're not actively engaged in it because you started something called Switch. And what is Switch? That's correct. And what is Switch? The Switch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network, we deal with education, public policy, and awareness, um, and social enterprise. And so um, the reason why we call Switch, call it Switch, is because prostitution and exploitation happens on what's called the track. And what I am saying is time to switch tracks. It's time to get survivors or victims move from being exploited to thriving. It's time to get law enforcement to understand these are victims and not criminals. It's time to get the church to understand that we need to pray and not judge. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be made, a switch needs to be made holistically. I love it. I love it. And I love how you, you're you so well thought out on this and your little quips. <laughs> so what have you found in the church? <laughs> and, you know, so you're saying the church, it sounds like some churches, some church people are going to be judging these poor girls who have been used and abused. And maybe the church, so it sounds like to me, many of the churches, they're just ignorant of these girls who, who get trapped in this and then exploited. Is that right? I think so. And, and I can tell you, it's just not girls. There are boys that are being exploited. So mm-hmm. we don't want to say that it's just girls. Right. But I think that the church within itself, as much love and compassion as we have, we can come from a place of judgment because that's not their understanding and that's just not their world. We, we totally, as survivors and survivors, we totally understand that. But I think that even the scripture said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Right. When they begin to understand that these girls and men or boys are victims of human trafficking and that they have the answer to actually help a life be redeemed and a soul be restored. Right. The church, I believe the church has the answer. Okay, so now what about police? And I know the laws in all 50 states, they vary state to state. So what across the board, you know, what do you see happening with state laws and you know, the, the tightening of the punishments for these pimps? Uh, what, what, what do you find? I think you'll find it very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find it very interesting. There is a report that, that we often reference is from sharedhopeinternational.org sharedhopeinternational.org. You can go on that website and they have a grade card and that grade card tells how the governor from every state is mandating um, laws for anti-trafficking and how they're being executed. So there are some laws on paper that the law enforcement officers have not been trained to implement. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Um, There was, oh my gosh, there's so many that are coming to mind right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Trafficking Victims Protection Act that came out in 2000. Every state ha- had the opportunity 
to enforce this bill, the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. It took the state of Ohio, where I live, 13 years to adopt that law. No way. Why? Oh, it's, it's, some states still don't have it. What? <laughs> some states still don't have it. What's and, the reason and, you why? Know, it you know, what we hear is lack of resources that is not on their radar, that these girls are criminals, they should go to prison, that... You know, we hear all kind of things. Well, I can only imagine when they hear your story. I mean, this innocent teenager, I mean, it's so stealthy. It makes me even want to uh, go, go and talk to my 23-year-old. You know, don't get fooled. <laughs> uh, and, and can I tell you, there are, and, and this is one of the things that we hope for, that people will go talk to their loved ones. And, and don't think that um, exploitation has an expiration date because it yeah, doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. It does not. And so, then there's so many levels of exploitation. They may not use a person to sell them for sex, but they may use them to recruit, to yeah. manage. To you know, it's just too many levels to this thing. Right. Well, before we switch over, uh, well, I'm, I want to dig deeper into switch, but let's go back for a second. So when you were being pimped out, you were not, for the most part, out on the streets. You were basically doing high-end golf tournaments and all that. So are you telling me oh, that yeah. some mm -hmm. of these golf pros, I mean, I'm not asking for names, but are you saying some of these were like high-level golf tournaments well some of them you don't even have to ask for a name because some of them were public knowledge when they got busted and i won't say their names but just google it they were it was public knowledge when certain ones bought a woman for sex wow okay we all know the tiger woods had an issue you know we know that this is not this is not something that's been hidden Okay. Well, honestly, I'm really not up on it. I mean, I knew he was a philanderer and all this, but it's like, whoa. So, so did, did he get busted for child uh, sex? Not for child, no, but he, he got busted for buying sex. Okay, for buying sex. For, and I assume that means from adults, but again, was this a pimp? But I'm going to tell you something. This, this is the thing. Most people think that prostitution is okay because it's not trafficking. I'm going to tell you this. How many girls do you know that say, oh, I can't wait to become 18 to become a prostitute? Exactly. None of us. Yeah. None of us say we want to wait to get raped multiple times yeah. and go give some guy the money that paid, you know, pay, but from the guy that paid for this rape. Right. No, we don't do that. Right. We don't do that. So let me ask you this. Did your pimp, would he drug you up? I mean, because that, that, you know. No. He wouldn't. Okay, that's interesting. Because I always Actually, so the, you got to think about this. Yeah, I think about the age, and, and, and again, back to real pimps. And I'm not going to say the other ones are not real pimps because different, different exploiters do different things, and they use different mechanisms to keep um, their victims in bondage. And so the guy used, simply used fear. He did not, I, I've never been on drugs, and I've never tasted alcohol a day in my life. But, and but, so, but you, you got to think. so scared? Is that what kept you Absolutely. from running? Oh, I was like, I tell people, I was like the dog with the invisible fence. Oh. I knew how far to go. Oh. And because I was, I had um, Stockholm Syndrome and trauma. And so because of the, tra I used to get beat, to, I mean, to the point of you couldn't even recognize me. And so those kind of things will put you in, a, in fear where you know you will not run. And then they tell you things like, I'll kill your parents, I'll kill your sister, your brother, I'll kill your dog. They, they do things like this and you believe them. We will be right back with Dr. Carson and we're going to be digging deeper into this whole issue of human trafficking.
The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, we're back with Dr. Marlene Carson. Uh, She's the president and founder of SWITCH, uh, which is an anti-trafficking network. And she has been sharing her personal journey of being uh, kidnapped and exploited for eight months as a teenage girl, 15 years old, being pimped out in New York. Oh, but not out on the street. Her pimp put her at places like golf tournaments and you know fancier kind of settings where, where men with lots of bucks could go and pay to have sex with a 15-year-old teenage kidnapped girl. Uh, doctor, thank you for joining. And, and we, when we dropped off last time, we were talking about the fear factor. So your pimp, he didn't give you alcohol. He didn't give you drugs, but he did beat you up periodically. And you're, you mm-hmm. are responsible for bringing back, quote, home uh, 2000 to $2,500 a day? Not just myself. Everyone in here is what's called a stable. So a stable is a group of victims. We all were I'm responsible for that daily quota. Okay. All right. So let me ask mm-hmm. you this. I'm trying to picture, okay, you're not out on the street with some guy looking for sex, pulling up in a car, you know, and you're flashing your fancy little self. The, this is like if it's a golf tournament or a basketball tournament, walk us through how your pimp is doing this. So are they advertising on the internet? How does that golf pro find you? Well, they actually have relationships with many different people that know the golfers or know the athletes that know, you know what I'm saying? That know the house that they're going to be in, that they're going to party and celebrate after they win a tournament. Okay. All right. And so these relationships are, are built way before we get there. The victims get there and uh, it's already set up. Everything is already set in motion. Mm -hmm. So there was, when we come to the scene, when the, the victims came to the scene, there was no money exchange because the trafficker already took care of all of that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, in all of that eight months of experience, was there ever one man who expressed any remorse, any concern about your well-being, or was it just pure selfishness? (laughs) You know what? There were actually uh, probably four or five. And the, the, the one that impacted my, impacted my life the most is the one time that I was put on the street. I don't remember what I did, but I was put on punishment. And so on the streets, I didn't know the language. Right. I didn't know the, I, I had never, I'd never done this before. And so he, the, the trafficker had a girl with me to make sure that I didn't run. Oh. And so this man pulls up in the car And he asked me, was I dating? Well, I didn't know, I didn't know this language. So I looked at the girl and she said, tell him yes. And I said, yes, I'm dating. And he said, how much? Well, of course I knew how that, how much, you know, what that meant. And I said, $200. Well, the area that we were in, these girls were turning a date for $50. (gasps) I've never been exposed to anything like that. 
And so I said $200, and the girl that was with me, she started laughing, and she said, nobody's going to give you $200 out here. And I said, well, I'm not going anywhere then. And so this man gave me the $200, and we went to the house to commit this act, and he ended up reading John 3.16 to me <gasps> for an hour. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh and my I God. believe that was the seed that, that was implanted in my heart to do what I do today. Now, I can tell you there were many that would come to me and say, how old are you? And, oh. and I would tell them how old I was, and they would say, I'm not, I'm not going to do this, but here's the money. Because they understood if I didn't come back with money, then I would get beat. Oh See, they gosh. knew more than I did. Yeah, they knew way more than I did about this stuff. Right. And so there were several men that would come and, and not have sex. We would just talk. How about that? Now, now talk about, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that was awesome. The guy comes and he reads scripture to you. Was, was he trying to help you get out? I mean, was he? He did. Actually, he did help me. He, he did, did help, help me. Help mm -hmm. you. Okay. He did help me. I mean, did mm -hmm. you let him know that you had been kidnapped and how it happened? And Oh, no. Oh, oh really? no. I did not let him know any oh, of that. No, okay. ma'am. So you were I was scared to death. Scared no, ma'am. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. He didn't know any of that. Oh, my gosh. So mm -mm. how did he end mm -mm. up helping you? I mean, beyond reading the Word of God to you to give you hope. Well, actually, he ended up meeting the trafficker. Yeah. Because he, him and his wife had a business, and they wanted me to come work for the business. And so, I mean, this, this was their ministry. I didn't understand this at the time. I didn't know anything about people going on the streets and doing this type of ministry. Well, this was their outreach ministry. And so um, I, I was so excited. This man and his, his wife want to offer me a job that I went back and told the trafficker. Oh. <laughs> I was fooling. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, so I went back and told him, and he said, well, if they want to hire you, they have to talk to me. Well, I didn't understand that he was negotiating the rate for him to buy me. Right. Okay. Right. Is that yeah. what happened? And so, I mean, is that what happened? It did not happen. No. Not no, 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 no. It did not happen. But they were instrumental in my life. And um, I would sneak and talk to them. And, and, and I mean, really, they helped me to see the light of this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. So while you were held captive and being exploited, what's going through your mind? I mean, are you totally like brainwashed at this point? Are you crying? And oh, like, you're like, definitely brainwashed. Mom and dad? Or, <laughs> Are you thinking? Oh, mom you're and definitely dad, brainwashed. Well, no, I know you're brainwashed, but are you thinking, no, mom and dad are going to find me? Or are you thinking, mom and dad don't love me because it's been eight months? You know, where are they? Or, or, or you don't want your parents to find you because you think they're going to be murdered? Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, no, no. I wanted my parents. Let me tell you something. I didn't care if my parents, the police. I didn't care who found me. I wanted out of that. I wanted out totally. And I wasn't the only one that wanted out. We all wanted out. And so after the, the trafficker tells you things like nobody cares for you, nobody's looking for you, um, and after he finishes with you that nobody's ever going to want you again, they really, really do mess up your head. Mm -hmm. And so after so long, you begin to believe the lie. Okay. All right, and about how far into this eight months would you say by by this point I was pretty much brainwashed? Did it take one week, two weeks, three months, four months? Oh, I, you know what? Honestly, Terry, if I answer that question, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right, well, you, mm -hmm. you, it's truly a, an amazing story. Uh, well, wait a minute, hold on. Before we wrap up your part of the story, how did you get rescued? What happened? There was a bus, 
and um, um, he was busted out, and he went to prison, and I was returned back home. Okay. All right. Golly. Mm -hmm. All right. So, well, praise God. Mm -hmm. Now, now let's talk more about SWITCH, this anti-trafficking network organization. What do you do? Walk us through your daily or your weekly job, you know, as the founder of SWITCH. <laughs> as a founder of SWITCH, my daily job looks different every single day, literally. Mm -hmm. So, I will tell you, like, last week, we had two victims. One, I live in Ohio. One was in Indiana, one was in another part of Ohio that we had to actually rescue and transfer them to another state where they could be safe. Wow. And um, interesting enough, one of the girls, she had been exploited for two years. And every time she would run away or get away from the exploiters, they would find her. And it finally dawned on a local law enforcement officer that they must have a tracking device on her car. And sure enough, when we went and found, when we connected with this victim, we took her car to the sheriff's department. They, they actually scanned the car. They found the tracking device. Oh my and God. now this young lady, right, now this young lady is on her way to healing and wholeness. Crazy and so God. every day of my life looks absolutely different. We do a lot of education and awareness with schools, with churches, with organizations, um, with political figures, with law enforcement. We train a lot of different people. Okay, now I remember talking to you before just briefly and you mentioned there is a church training kit and it's not free. But what, tell us no. what, what churches, what, what do they learn? How much does it cost? What do they need to do to get this kit? What are you looking for? when so a It's a social justice kit for auxiliaries. And so let's say what has happened, the reason why we developed this kit is because we've had pastors and uh, missionaries call our organization and say, uh, a woman came to our church today, said she was a victim of human trafficking, and we don't know what to do. So we have created a kit, and we will do the training for a social justice auxiliary. It is my belief, just like you have an usher board in the church, you have a deacon board in the church. You need to have a social justice auxiliary. And that social justice auxiliary, we will educate them and give them the tools and resources that they need to be able to walk out a, the process with a victim of human trafficking, get her to a housing, get her to rehab, get her to safety, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so we've developed a kit and processes and protocols whereby the church will be able to do that effectively. And that kit is $49.99. Um, $4,999, and um, if they want the technical assistance that goes with that kit, it's ten grand for the whole year. Uh, but you get us um, monthly. We do the training. We, we educate you with the resources. We even show you how to raise money if that's what your auxiliary needs to do. And we, if, if they are an organization that wants to do housing, we help with all that. That's not part of that kit, but we do help with um, the housing aspects of it. So what, what's the number one thing that, in, well, in general, churches need to know, be aware of? If you could give one message to every church, if, sure. if every church was listening right now, or every pastor, what would you want to tell that pastor? I would tell them to know the human trafficking hotline number. That hotline number is 888-373-7888. Okay, and this that is the to, national... Uh-huh. It goes to the Players Project in Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, it's the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Okay. 
and tell that hotline, even if you're not sure if it's trafficking, if you have a gut feeling, you have a sense about a, a potential victim, call that number, tell them what you see, tell them the car, the make, the model, what they had on, what, why you think it may be trafficking, and let the officials do the investigation. They reach out to organizations like the SWITCH, and then we're on the ground, and we, we further that investigation. And, okay. and we work co collaboratively with law enforcement to make sure that these victims are, are safe. Okay. And so I think that's the number one thing that everyone in America right. should know that anti-trafficking hotline number. All right. I'm going to repeat it back. It's 888-373-7888. Okay. So we're talking about um, that's what every church, what, what every American should be aware of is this hotline number. And then law enforcement. If you could deliver one concise message to every law enforcement officer across America, what would it be? That message would be, I know that you are not social services, but you are a human being. And so I think we need to change our perspective. We need to switch our perception of seeing these victims as victims and not as criminals. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, police officers mm -hmm. today, they just see so much horribleness, right. you know, for lack of a better word. And, um, you know, and then they're disrespected. You know, and so, and I right, can only exactly. imagine, you know, it's a teenage girl who's scared to death. She's already been trained by her pimp that the cops are the bad guys. And she's scared to death, right. you know, because she feels like she can't say anything to the cops. And so the cops end up, it's almost like a, it's almost like a defense mechanism, I would think, on the cops' part. It's, you know, it's like, you know, these girls, you know, they're taking cover for their pimp. And, um, sure. yeah, it could get really edgy. I, I bet it could get edgy very, very quickly. So, but then, also when you, when you do the research on how many police officers have been arrested for exploitation and buying sex. Jesus. Okay. My so Lord. that doesn't help. Like in our state, the state of Ohio, there was a study that was done. Our governor requested this study to be done. A professor at the University of Toledo, Dr. Celia Williamson, did the study, and she did it on with street prostitutes and who their number one and number two clients were. Oh, dear. Number one client was a police officer. Number two was a pastor. <gasps> Are you serious? Pastor? I'm very serious. You can go on to the second chance. Toledo.org website, and you can see that report. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, how about, um, you know, th there was you plus three others who were pimped away. And as far as you know, any clue how many abortions? I mean, were, were you all forced? Were you dragged into Planned Parenthood or some of these independent, you know, abortion mills to have abortions? I've actually never had an abortion. And I can tell you that as a, so this is, the hierarchy of human trafficking that what i told you is only one part of my story because there is definitely another part of the story it just didn't end for me in eight months but um as a bottom girl bottom girl is a recruiter or a manager for a trafficker um i was forced to take women to get abortions oh dear oh yes and, and, and so um I, I mean i know someone who has had multiple multiple abortions as a teenager, all done at Planned Parenthood. All done at Planned Parenthood. Everybody hear that? All done at Planned yeah, Parenthood. Yeah, all done at Planned Parenthood. What, was she yes. 15, 16 years old? Started while she was 14. 14 years old, taken into Planned Parenthood for multiple abortions. And never, never was reported. 
never reported. Planned Parenthood, which is supported by our tax money, undergirds the illegal industry of human Absolutely. trafficking. And this is why Absolutely. every single American taxpayer ought to be up in arms. And I'm talking Democrats, Republicans, independents. You know, you, you, every American should be saying no more. And we shut down okay. Planned Parenthood. They not only slaughter the babies, but look what they're doing to the women, the young women, the teenagers. They're, uh, they, they're, they're accomplices in the illegal um, Absolutely. dehumanizing industry of human trafficking. Okay, this is really sad. Uh, and I know that's happened in every state. There are Planned Parenthoods, you know, that are, that are backing mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, and um, so, so going back to SWITCH, now I know you're in Washington, D.C. a lot, and you're working with congressmen and senators. Tell us some of the things you have going on right now, maybe some of the bills that you're working on. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we just finished working on getting the back page shut down. Um, I don't know if I can mention yet one of the bills that we're working on, but we are working on something okay. that deals with the demand side of human trafficking. So the demand side is the men or the buyers of sex. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's that's... just in this preliminary stage right now. So I don't know if I can mention that, but, nope. but you don't just look pretty it. soon. You'll see something coming uh, out. No, that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. cause, and that's one of the discussions I had with a um, man who's very, very passionate about stopping child rape. And, yeah. and, and, and he says it's all about we have to end the demand. So what I'm going to do right now is let, let's draw to a close and then we're going to come back with Dr. Carson. We're going to be digging in deeper on some of the things that she's involved with that every one of you need to know about and you need to share this interview. And we want to know how can we help Dr. Carson and her ministry. We'll be right back. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. All right, we're back with Dr. Carson. We're talking about ending human trafficking in the United States of America, what we can do about it. And of course, uh, one of the most important things is to get knowledgeable about this illegal industry. So thus, you know, the, the radio interview with Dr. Carson, but she's written two books. And we're going to get into those two books. The first one is 12 Steps to Transform the Exploited Soul. Can you tell us a little bit about that book? Dr. Carson, and, and yes. who who would benefit from reading that book? Terry, um, I, I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm excited about this book. It's been out for a couple of years, but it's really just making some traction. And so um, anyone who is um, compassionate about helping victims through, um, getting through their process, 
any compassionate person, any parent, any school teacher, any pastor, any church member. Um, this book is for them. It's actually a biblically-based book on anti-trafficking and how to get one from victim to survivor. Okay. The first part of the book is about a, it's a true story. It's about a young girl who was 14 years old who was trafficked by the police officer in her school. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, true story. True oh. story. Can you say uh -huh. what city that happened in, if it was a city? I cannot. You cannot. Okay. All right. Good no. The book doesn't even say. No, the book doesn't say. Wow. Um, but I can tell you, let me, th this is something that people need to realize. Human trafficking happens everywhere. And people say, it doesn't happen in my neighborhood. And I can tell you that I haven't been to a place yet, and I've been to a lot of places in America, that, that we have not seen some type of exploitation. One of the girls in our program, um, she lived in a very, very, a matter of fact, she lives in the same area as our governor. And so these homes out there are like $2 million and up. So this is a very nice neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And she tells one of her mentees, she says, they, they went to lunch at Panera Bread one day, and she says, my trafficker lives down the street. And the mentee says, show me where your trafficker lives. How oh. about the, mentee, the trafficker lived two doors down from her mentee in a $2.3 million home? Oh, See, for gosh. people to think that these traffickers are not broke. Traffickers are not these guys that you see with sagging pants walking down the street. These are business people, male and female. These are people of means and resources. So don't think, at least from my world, now there are some traffickers that you may see with sagging pants down the street. And then I'm going to tell you something else, Terry, and I think it's important. Because of the opiate epidemic, we see parents selling their kids for drugs. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that uh, because it's so widespread now, and the parents, you know, they're totally. drug addicts. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and these. So uh, the one of the victims that we just um, came in contact with a couple of weeks ago, their parents own a large construction company in a particular city. Oh my gosh. Their parents, but they now have become um, opiate users. They're addicted mm -hmm. to opiates because of pain pills, mm -hmm. and they found themselves selling their daughter. I'm having a hard time because, I mean, I kept thinking about the saggy pants guy in the inner city. No, no, uh, no. It's not no. that. I mean, but I know I'm not that's the only one thinking this. I mean, this is why it's so that's important to get on radio. Yeah. All yeah, right. that's a total myth. That is a total myth. Okay. All right. Now, how about your other book? Uh, it's Surthrology. I love it, uh, that name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've invented a word, too, but that's not for another show. So tell us about this word that <laughs> you invented, Surthrology. What does it mean? So anytime you see the word ology, it's always the study of. Mm -hmm. So Surthrology is the art and science of how to move from surviving to thriving. Mm -hmm. And it's actually according to the word of God. So there are ways that you, you just don't have to stay stuck. And although I wrote this book from a human trafficking perspective, I use this book for everyone because you don't have to be exploited to be stuck. Right. You don't have to be exploited to have trauma. You know, all of us have been through something that we all have a story and no one wants to stay where they are. Mm -hmm. And so this book is for that reader who just says, how do I get out? How, how do I how do I do better? And OK, we're going to put both of your book links on 
uh, the page on America Out Loud, What Have We Been Wrong uh, page. So make sure you go there, people, and, and get her books. In fact, uh, I'm going to see if uh, we could actually offer your books on America Out Loud. All right, so now uh, you told Carrie, me. Can I, can I share one more product that we're going to have? Absolutely, yeah. This product won't come out until November. It'll come out right around Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We're going to start doing a subscription box, and it's actually tea. So we're doing a um, 12 different teas for the year, and, and my kind of tagline is, you never know the flavor until you get in hot water. And, but each subscription box will come with a book from a survivor of human trafficking. And all of the survivors don't write books from this doom and gloom place. Right. Some of them write phenomenal stories of redemption and restoration. And it's, they're so encouraging that it, this is, these are books that you would just like to sit down by your fireplace this winter and drink you a nice hot cup of tea support survivors of human trafficking every time you do. And these, these um, subscription boxes, monthly subscription for $37 a month, and it will make a huge impact to help us as we help victims of human trafficking. That's fantastic. And while I'm thinking of it, give me your website so everybody can hear it, so they can go on and make sure. your organization a tax-deductible donation. Yes, it's www.jointheswitch.org. J-O-I-N-T-H-E-S-W-I-T-C-H dot org. Join the switch dot org. Okay. Now, okay, you're based in Ohio, but it is your, well, there's no but to it. Obviously, you're helping girls who are rescued in Ohio. Do you have a network across the country that falls under <laughs> switch? Which I'm assuming that, that's you why do. we're the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network. The Switch is a, a network, right. and we actually we we have places in Italy, Bahamas, Bermuda, the UK. We go all over the world. We're actually getting ready to go to the Philippines. Uh, we go everywhere. Okay. All right. So it, mm -hmm. I don't know if I can ask this. On I can ask it. I don't know if you, you you can answer it. But can you explain like how big is your budget and how many people do you employ? So right now we only have three people, uh, and our budget is about one point two. One point two. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you you hear the fruitfulness. Now, is there any kind of account like last year? How many girls were rescued or helped to? I, I don't know how you measure. How do you measure your success? We do have that. I don't have that number with me, so, and I don't want to guess. Yeah. Um, but we do have that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and how do you mm -hmm. measure... I want to tell you one more thing, too. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, how, how do you measure your success? Like, is it then the numbers of girls that are rescued or, or boys, um, numbers that are No, healed? let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, I, when I was first asked that question in 2008, I told the professor who was about to write something up for us, I said, we measure success by a girl not turning a trick that night by her not smoking crack or shooting up heroin that night. Mm -hmm. That's how we measure success. Excellent. And so, the, you know what I'm saying? That's how we measure success. So it, it does, we do have a two-year program, and, and we do measure, the, you know, the outcomes of the two years, those who stayed, the recidivism rate, and all that kind of thing. Um, but the fact of the matter is, if we can get a girl's mindset to change, to switch, to see her value and not the value that someone has put on her, we consider that success. I do want to tell you one more thing because I think it's extremely important. Mm -hmm. We're in the process now of accepting a building. There's been a building that um, a church wants to donate to us, 
It is a 40,000 square foot building on about five acres of land. It's in beautiful Amish country. And we are trying to raise funds to renovate that building. And we want to make it into a prep school. Um, um, a prep school is, is, and we want this school to be for kids that are aging out of foster care and um, homeless youth. Okay. Right now in just Ohio, just in my city, not even Ohio, Columbus has about a thousand um, homeless youth here. Really? And so, and God, oh yeah, God only knows what it is around the country. I know we have 300 to 500,000 runaways in our country. Hmm. And within the first 72 hours, they one, one out of three of them will be approached by a trafficker or a bottom girl. And so we need a place for these kids to be safe, especially when they're aging out of foster care. Right. Because the, to me, in my opinion, that is a very broken system. These kids are not getting the resources or the help or the life skills they need to transition properly. Right. And we want to be that academy that pre prepares the way for them for their next level of life. How much money do you need to raise in order to get this? Uh, Two million. Two million? Okay. All right, people, yes. that, mm -hmm. you're out there, and I know the donors mm -hmm. are out there. She needs $2 million, mm -hmm. and that's, I mean, we need And so what, what that'll do, well, this building is three stories. It's 330000 per floor to get that renovated and up to cold. This was a, um, a um, nursing home for veterans. And the building is so solid. We were going to tear this building down, Terry. And we had a general contractor come in and tell us that this building would take millions of dollars wow. for us to actually. Yeah. So they told us never to tear it down. It's so solid, but it needs to be brought up to code, totally brought up to code. And once we get it brought up to code, we can we want to have six different programs, a um, culinary arts school, a um, media school. Uh, OSHA certification where they teaches you how to build homes. We actually want to teach how to build homes out of shipping containers because that's a big thing in Ohio right now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, a, a beauty and barber school, your a high school and um, the your high school or GED, and a oh I'm missing one. That's a, so oh school of mechanics. Good mechanics. Okay. Auto mechanics. Yeah, auto, auto. mechanics. Okay. So we want to house that all in one building, and they will have housing where they can live there in that building during their eighteen months of school. That's wonderful. That's that. Okay, I'm so mm -hmm. glad you shared that. Now, what would be the name of that school? The Prep Academy. The Prep Academy. All right, two million dollars. Positive reinforcement for education with a peer positive approach. Woo! That's love what it. Prep stands for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad you shared that. Now you told me something else earlier that uh, I believe you're going to have a radio and a TV show. Tell us about those. Yes, 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 All yes, right. yes. We've already started canning the shows um, for the television. We probably have about seven canned right now. And um, our podcast will start in October, October 3rd. And so we have a radio show and the podcast, and we're looking to do a magazine. I believe that when donors really see the impact their dollars make for survivors of human trafficking, it will change how they give. Right. Because most of the time, when people hear, um, when people hear stories, when people hear stories, they hear the doom, gloom, the sad, the bad. But no, we, the magazine, podcast, and the pod—I'm sorry—the magazine, the podcast, and the radio show is all called I Thrive. 
I thrive. And so uh -huh. I thrive. Yeah. And, and our tagline for that is we just didn't survive, but we thrive. And so yep. we want to show where people's dollars are actually going to that, that helps victims of human trafficking thrive mm -hmm. because we got it. We got mm -hmm. it. Well, and mm -hmm. I think, too, particularly older donors, they are much more apt to want to see a paper magazine. You are talking about a paper magazine. Absolutely. Paper yeah. magazine? Yeah, we yeah. want a print magazine. Yeah. And so right now for that magazine, the only thing we actually need, we actually have some of the magazines already done, but we have to do advertising for the magazines in order to print and get it out the way we want to. So we really just need either a couple of donors or people to buy advertising. This is a national magazine. It'll go all over the U.S. and probably abroad, but initially it'll go all over the U.S. We just need some advertising sales for that magazine. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what we need. Okay. And what, will the magazine be called I Thrive? called I Thrive. I Thrive. Okay. Love it. Mm -hmm. the, the, mm -hmm. Well, you've got the mm -hmm. whole package. And I am thankful that we've been able to share this amount of time. And, yes, uh, I'm grateful. Thank you so much. <laughs> digging in deep. Uh, so, all right, folks. So you, you, you heard it. You've got the 800 or the, what is that? The 888-373-7888. That's the uh, national um human trafficking line but then also you need to go to dr marlene carson's website give us the website address one more time www.jointheswitch.org and my email address is simply m carson my first initial last name at jointheswitch.org dr carson thank you for being on what if we've been wrong we're shining light in dark places and we have shown light today and what I consider, yes. uh, I mean, to me, abortion is number one, but after abortion, it's human trafficking. The idea that we might have, what, actually, I forgot to ask that. What is the, what's the estimate of how many minors are ensnared in human trafficking in America alone? You know, I just looked at that. Um, so globally, it is, the, the National Center for Missing Exploited Children just said that there are more slaves today than there were during the transatlantic slave trade. Oh, I can believe that, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about sex slaves, sex yeah. slaves and labor. Yeah. And so I don't have the number when it comes to just, I will get that, but um, just victims of human trafficking. But I will tell you this, if we have one, we have too many. Absolutely. And and there, there are hundreds of thousands just in America. Thousands. Yeah. Thousands, yes. So, so it needs to end. 